Hey everybody, this is your friend Siege, and on behalf of the guys at Five Reasons Sports, I'd like to thank you for listening to our ridiculousness. You can follow the show on Twitter at FLManMurders, and on Instagram at FloridaManMurdersPod. Follow Chris on Twitter at ByChrisJoseph, and on Instagram at ChrisJoseph13. Give Roger a follow on Twitter at DatRoroKid. And you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, OnlyFans, whatever, all at Siegeness. Do us a solid and hit that subscribe button. Give us a rating, five stars if you're feeling sassy. Leave us a comment and let us know what mysterious Florida mayhem you'd like to hear us talk about. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, steal a stranger's phone and subscribe for them. The only way this grows is with your help. Love you. Mean it. Bye. You're listening to The Florida Man Murders, a true crime comedy podcast about murder, madness, mayhem, and other shady shit that goes down in the Sunshine State. Each week, your hosts, Chris, Roger, and Siege, take you on a dark, twisted journey through the bowels of the most wretched fiends and nefarious events throughout the history of Florida and then make inane quote-unquote funny observations about it all, like the half-soused nitwits that they are. And now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the crazy, if you dare. Line, Key West, Florida, 1930 to 1952. Holy shit. That is the date of the event that we're going to discuss <laughs> in this episode. Oh, that's the timeline, the date line. <laughs> right. Got it. Okay. Now yeah. we're going to jump to the person's biography. But in 1327. <laughs> George... Carl Tanzler was born on February 8, 1877 in Dresden, Germany. He went by many names. George Carl Tanzler, Carl Tanzler von Kossel, and Dr. Carl Tanzler von Kossel. Uh, but he mainly went by the Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel. He didn't go by like George Carl, head coach of the Seattle Sonics from No, but again, this is another sports connection <laughs> where we have a guy who has the same name as a sports figure, George he Carl. Coach Sean Kemp and Gary Payton and uh Detlef Shrimp. All the names don't have George, just his birth name. Son of a bitch. Does it He's count? Like, Fuck George. I don't like it. Count Carl. Count Carl. Yeah. Doesn't work. That's well, a Count, name right there. Count Carl Tanzler von Kossel. He claimed that he, uh, this was because he was a direct descendant of Anna Constantia von Brockdorf, the Countess of Kossel of German nobility. Okay. <laughs> Carl also claimed that he grew up in a castle in Germany. But a close relative of his once told a reporter, quote, it's just something he made up. <laughs> That's the Von Mo- Castle. <laughs> Moreover, Carl claimed he knew he was a count because the spirit of Anna Constantia von Brockdorf would often visit him and tell him he was a count. Hmm. Yeah. All right, all right. This already the ghost lady would show up in his house. We're gonna we're gonna have a tough time with the names. Ghost one, lady huh? Anna Constantina. It will get much easier, but just know that he thinks he's a count because this lady told this ghost lady told him so. Listen, I get it. If I listen to every single ghost lady that talked to me, <laughs> <laughs> they tell you all kinds of weird <laughs> shit. And I do most of it. I mean, yeah, most of it. Carl began showing an interest in science and aeronautics at an early age. Like a good German. And would often lock himself in his room to conduct experiments rather than play with the other neighborhood kids. Hmm. And experiments, sure. (laughs) Experimenting with my socks. Don't come in the room. I'm conducting experiments. 
It's aeronautical. <laughs> While traveling through Genoa, Italy, on vacation with his parents one year, Carl says the Countess's spirit appeared to him again. This time with a vision of his future bride, an exotic Latina woman with long, dark, flowing hair. He was 12 years old at the time. <laughs> the Countess Ghost Lady said, quote, I've been trying to get your attention for quite some time, my boy. Wow. But you didn't take note. You were too engrossed in your experiments. <laughs> These guys just jerk it off a lot. and She's trying to get his attention. Stop jerking off and meet your future wife. <laughs> Look here, Carl, I have brought you the bride whom you will someday meet. Carl went on to write his experience at seeing this apparitional bride. Quote, spellbound, I saw framed in long dark dresses a young girl's face so beautiful, I can't attempt to describe it. That was Irish. That's good. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think it was it's kind of like a uh, what's his face? It was like uh, an old Gaelic <laughs> Klaus Kinski what's his name uh, Werner Herzog kind of German yeah it's a little Werner herzog yeah I usually sound like Werner Herzog when I try my my uh, don't look at the video of the bear eating the people <laughs> <laughs> you must throw this film away <laughs> That's a fucked up movie, by the way. Grizzly Man. So uh, Carl claimed to have received multiple science, philosophy, and chemistry degrees from Leipzig University in Germany. But the university says they have no records of Carl ever attending school there. Nine. (laughs) Carl gave himself the title of doctor because of all his degrees. Doctor the Count von Kossel. (laughs) So Carl moved to Australia for some time where he claims to have bought property, boats, a pipe organ, and an island in the Pacific. I like it. <laughs> Yo. So I think like three out of the four were pretty impressive. I mean, but, uh, <laughs> the pipe organ. Yeah, the pipe organ was awesome. A little, little bit out of left field. <laughs> Can you imagine having just an island and being Count Van whatever? Yeah. Dude. And a pipe organ. You're just sitting on an you, island with a pipe if organ. If you're a count, you have a pipe organ. Like that, that's a standard <laughs> issue. <laughs> While in Australia, he began building his own plane. Oh, this should go well. The, uh, <laughs> so the apparition of his future wife then began appearing to him while he was there in Australia, following him around, standing over his bed while he slept, and just popping in and out of, of his life from time to time. Popping out after he, once he had post-nut clarity. (laughs) (laughs) One day, she suddenly stopped appearing, making Carl heartbroken and distraught. Where did you go, my sweet? But then World War I broke out, and he was forced into service for Germany. And during the war, he served in the submarine division where he was captured and made a prisoner of war by British troops in 1914. He would remain a prisoner until the end of the war, and then he decided he would move to the United States. He set his sights on Florida. As most Nazis do. I shall go to where the sunshine is. Um, the sun is very nice for my white skin. <laughs> but Carl remained in Germany for a few more years. Uh, he met and married a German-born woman named Doris Schaefer who was 18 at the time, and he was 43. Man, see, just when you're sitting here, I was like, as soon as you said she was 18 at the time, I was like, finally, somebody who's into legal ones. And then, oh, yeah, he's 43. No, he's creepy. <laughs> um, they had two children, Aisha and Clarista. <laughs> then in 1926, Carl got the itch to leave for America again, and this time he did. Abandoning his wife and two daughters. Well done, sir. Live your dreams there, Count Carl. He's not going to find any uh, brown-skinned, raven-haired ladies over there in, in Germany. So Exactly. So 
on the way to Florida, he stopped off in Havana, Cuba, <laughs> first where he spent a few days. It was while in Havana that Carl was haunted by the memories of his ghost bride. Carl wrote in his memoir, quote, I, being a bachelor, set out on an odyssey. As it was, I stayed for four days, not to amuse myself, but held to the spot by some strange irrational hope that I could find my lost bride in this carnival crowd. This was probably it's because... It's... Sorry. <laughs> this, this was probably because there were so many beautiful ladies of the Spanish type who somehow resembled her. And because in this carnival time, so many of them wore veils and fairy-like dresses, which made the similarity still more possible, as if I were Spanish or a South American gentleman myself, I spent many hours on the promenade, where the band played against the thunder of surf and against the mad rush of the open cars in which I'm turning to Arnold Schwarzenegger, in which... <laughs> The beauty queens of Havana came sailing by in endless procession. You crossed the Alps into Austria. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That was a long quote. That was really, really long. I was very wordy. The women were just like taking him for everything it was worth, right? (laughs) Well, he was just, honestly, he was just sitting there staring and gawking at women. Okay. Being super creepy. (laughs) Because <laughs> he was supposed to just stop off there like a layover, but he was like there for he stayed for another week and just like stared mm-hmm. at the Cuban woman. <laughs> um, That's why we need porn. Yeah. <laughs> we would have exactly. taken care of this problem <laughs> many times <laughs> over within a few minutes. So from Cuba, Carl moved to Zephyr Hills, Florida. Zephyr Hills. Zephyr Hills. It must be German. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his wife and children met him there a few weeks later, but he left them again, this time heading for Key West. Holy shit, they came all the way over, and then he left <laughs> And they left him in yes. Zephyr Hills, Florida. <laughs> this guy's brutal. You will never find me. Welcome. Stop following me. Um, in Key West, Carl took a job as a radiology technician in the U.S. Marine Hospital under the name Carl Von Kossel. And there he worked on the x-ray equipment and doing patients' blood work. Wait, he was a fake doctor. I just remembered that. He just yes, gave himself correct. the title doctor. <laughs> okay. yeah, he, he got a job at a Marine Hospital working the x-ray equipment and doing blood work for patients. Man. Um, I, I once he was established in Key West, he started dressing in a cape and walking around with a silver cane. As one does in Key West. He's pimping. Uh, yeah, it's Fantasy Fest. You can see that. <laughs> so any, any normal spring day on Duval Street. <laughs> it's Fantasy Fest every day. Only cape, too. <laughs> only a cape. <laughs> you would only answer the name Dr. Count Carl Von Kossel. <laughs> Need those prefixes. So Carl used the money earned from his job at the hospital to buy himself an unfinished airplane with plans to restore it. Oh, my God. This guy in fucking airplanes. <laughs> it was basically just a fuselage with wheels and no wings. Sounds sounds perfect. He thinks he's a doctor. So he's like, how hot can it be to fly into the air? I shall use my hardened socks for wings. Um, for some <laughs> fucked up reason, the hospital administrators allowed him to keep the plane in the hospital's backyard. What? So there was a, just a weird unfinished airplane sitting in the backyard of this marine hospital. It is art. We like art here. <laughs> On April 22nd, 1930, while working at the Marine Hospital, Carl met a patient named Maria Elena Milagro de Hoyos. Mm. Say it again slow. Sounds like a snack. Oh. Her, <laughs> her family called her Elena. Hey, that's um, my mom's name. Wait a second. <laughs> Yo, shout out to Rabbi's mom. Living with her poor Cuban immigrant mother and father in a tiny home in Key West, including her two sisters and her husband of four years, 
the 21-year-old Elena was described as very beautiful and exotic. Exotic because she had brown eyes and brown hair. And mm-hmm. they don't get that in the Germany. She, she had long, flowing, dark black hair. And she had a lovely singing voice. Elena had been brought to the hospital on that day by her mother after having shown symptoms for tuberculosis. She's such a t- sexy tuberculosis. At the time, tuberculosis was one of the top causes of death in Key West. It was untreatable and quite fatal in most cases. So, when Elena's doctor ordered her blood work, she had to have her blood drawn by Dr. Count Carl. (laughs) When Carl spotted Elena, he immediately recognized her as the dark-haired bride apparition from his visions. Carl wrote, of his first seeing Elena, quote, I looked into the face of unearthly beauty, the face of the bride, which had been promised to me by my ancestor. Her voice was like singing Mockingbird. <laughs> While she was having her blood drawn, Elena asked Carl if, she th- if he thought that she might have tuberculosis. And Carl responded that, They wouldn't know for another day, but that even if she did have it, he would be able to treat it. With this dick. When she came back to the hospital the next day for her follow-up visit, Carl was over the moon to see her, running up to her enthusiastically, (laughs) greeting her happily. Wow. She's about to get some fucked up news, and he's like, hello. (laughs) How is your day going? So good to see you. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, I like, love you. Yeah, I'm dying. Yeah. <laughs> can I, You're so can I get some beautiful. help? You should get sick more often and come here so I can see you. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> Greetings. <laughs> so Elena's doctor then delivered the bad news to her and her family. She had tuberculosis. In fact, she was diagnosed with the most dangerous kind Hasty tuberculosis, which is just wow. too on the nose. <laughs> the name is just it hasty. Hey, hasty, hasty tuberculosis. tuberculosis. So it's not just regular rush. tuberculosis. This one is a little bit hasty. It wants to kill you yeah. quicker. Great doctors. Back it's, then. A, it's like like when they came up with pneumonia and walking pneumonia. It's like this one. <laughs> you're in bed, but this one you can walk around. <laughs> You're gonna die either way. You'll walk to die. But at least you can walk around. And this one will kill you a little bit more hastily. So, upon learning of her diagnosis, Elena's husband left her. Nice. And he moved out of Key West. That's That's how you do things back in the day, huh? Oh, you're sick? I'm out. The news thrilled Carl. Hey, I heard the news. <laughs> oh, so you are sick and alone now. Single. You are perfect. <laughs> you are perfect. Single and dying. <laughs> good. So Carl immediately stopped sending his own wife money, and he cut her and her family off completely. Again. Great guy. Elena's family welcomed Carl into their lives. He was a doctor, after all. He had money. And he showed genuine interest in treating their daughter and sister. He also offered to cure her for free. Carl began treating Elena by blasting her with x-rays and radiation from hospital machines he'd haul into the small family home. He also fed her fruit and wine. Have some citrus and some alcohol. We'll get the acid, we'll get the (laughs) alcohol, you know, all that stuff that, you know, cures bacteria and whatever. If you log on to Goop. Gwyneth Paltrow totally recommends that too. <laughs> she does. She does the same thing. She, she pumps it up her asshole, though. That's the difference. Yeah. <laughs> so Carl would take Elena out for walks around the hospital and showed her his airplane and would talk about what it would be like flying together over the waters of Key West. <laughs> I did this for a woman who was dying, and then it's like, <laughs> "Here's my airplane that can't fly and doesn't have." Wings, right? Yeah. It's just a fuselage. <laughs> just a fuselage with wheels. <laughs> the most fatalistic shit. And he's like, Meanwhile, he's- she's probably like, I don't like you at all. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. It'd be wonderful once we get into the sky. <laughs> um, he then told her he named a plane after her, <laughs> La Contessa Elena. With my no wings. He professed her love, his love to her. He showered Elena with expensive gifts, clothes, and jewelry, and proposed to her multiple times. Elena would politely give an excuse as to why she couldn't marry him every time he proposed. She'd say that she was still legally married, or that her mother wouldn't approve of her marrying someone who wasn't Cuban, or that she was too young for him. She was 21, he was 53. But this did not stop Carl. He wrote Elena many letters. He wrote her one letter with exclamation points. God, I wish we could hear that letter. I have that letter. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Drink! <laughs> Quote, Dearest Elena, I can give you so much more than someone your age. I can give you my science, my experience, my capacity to save your life! Exclamation point. <laughs> All this and more. I will give you undying love, exclamation point. Even though you are dying. Ouch, yeah. <laughs> I am already collecting all that we need on our wedding trip. Suit dresses and lingerie for you. Oh my uh. God. And all your medicines. Forever yours, Carl. Forever yours until you die. <laughs> <laughs> Carl would explain in his letters about the spirit of his ancestors' prophecies about her and about him having seen her in visions as a bride-to-be. Elena would often respond with her own letter saying, quote, Carl, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> How could I have looked for you? How could I have looked for you before I was born? Yeah. I'm the dying one, and you sound crazy. <laughs> she also wrote in another letter, quote, let me get well first, then we'll see what happens. Smart. <laughs> Buy yourself some pumping time. Pumping me full of radiation will work. <laughs> she would always sign her letters to Carl, quote, your friend, Elena <laughs> Oyos. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Good Lord. <laughs> Back in the 30s, talk about hardcore friend zone. She capitalized the F on friend. It must mean something. It's special. I am the special friend. Capital F friend. Oh, man. So Carl would treat Elena at the Marine Hospital, but eventually she stopped showing up to these sessions, often making excuses as to why she couldn't even make it. This dude was so insufferable that the dying woman was like, yeah, I got a thing. I can't. I, I can't make I'm it. I gotta... going. I'm going to just die. Thanks. I appreciate it. <laughs> if I got to see your dead plane one more time, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm just going to kill myself. <laughs> Elena's family started to get annoyed with Carl. It got so bad that the family moved to another house in Key West without telling him. Oh, my God. But... Carl was able to find the new house by walking around all over Key West until he found it. It is a very small island. I would find you. <laughs> Aha, there you are. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Elena's condition was getting worse. Carl's radiation, x-ray, and wine treatment was not working. You don't Carl say. doubled his efforts to cure her, adding shock therapy to her sessions, and moving into the family house. Like, uh, uninvited. Yeah, completely. The distraught family was so desperate that they were okay with all of this. Oh, my God. He also bought Elena a queen-sized bed to sleep in and a matching dresser. He often would play music <laughs> for her. And one song in particular would be on repeat, La Boda Negra, which uh, translates to The Black Wedding. But none of this worked. Her actual doctor told the family that her death was imminent and prescribed painkillers to make her as, comfor as po comfortable as possible. On October 25th, 1931, Elena died from tuberculosis. She was at home when she passed away. Her brother-in-law went to the Marine Hospital to deliver the news to Elena's doctor, and Carl overheard him. He did not take this news well. He was beside himself with grief. 
Carl went to Elena's family and claimed that on the last day he had seen her alive, Elena told him, quote, If I must die, all I can leave you is my body, for I am only a sick girl. Though I cannot marry you while I am sick, will you take care of my body after I am dead? No. I had a feeling it was going this direction. (laughs) Carl said that he considered this her marriage vow to him. With her family's permission, Carl paid for Elena's funeral, including buying her the most expensive coffin he could find. He visited her burial place almost every night. He would go on to write, quote, Now at least nobody can take my Elena from me. Although I can see her no longer, I felt her presence all the time. It was only natural that I went daily to the cemetery. Carl, uh, like I said, stayed in Elena's family. He didn't move out. He, he just kept living there. He just stayed there. <laughs> <laughs> These are some very nice Cubans. Dude, <laughs> very tolerant. Very, very patient. I Listen, I am, wow, no. Just, uh, Were they half Cuban, half British? Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, are we sure they're full Cuban? Because this is not right to I me. I mean, they were obviously very afraid <laughs> they were very poor. That was the main thing. And yeah. he, he was basically, they were, he was renting her room to him at this point. Uh, I mean, there were such dire straits financially that they agreed to allow him to live there in her old room and sleep in her bed. Oh, so six months after her burial, Carl commissioned the construction of an above ground mausoleum in the Key West cemetery to keep her grave from flooding. Uh, with her family's permission, he had Elena's body moved into the mausoleum. He had an undertaker rebed the coffin with new sheets and a new pillow. Elena's mother gave Carl a bag of Elena's hair, hair clippings to give to the undertaker. Why do people keep that stuff? Carl also had plans to place Elena in a special coffin that he designed and constructed, one that would incubate and preserve her. Wait, how long between <laughs> the move here that occurred? Six months. Six months after. Okay. So Carl had, had placed the body in a double casket, which he had filled with a concoction he made that was supposed to act like formaldehyde. The same things in my socks. <laughs> the mausoleum had a crypt with a lock on it. Carl was the only one with a key to that lock. He would spend most of his time in the cemetery and would sit by the coffin every day for 18 months straight. My God. When he was alone with Elena's coffin during that time, he would hear scratching and tapping coming from inside the coffin. It's called rats, dude. And he placed a telephone inside the crypt so that he could call her when he couldn't get into the cemetery. Oh my God, this poor woman. (laughs) He had conversations with her on the phone. Hey, babe. (laughs) You hang up first. No, you hang up first. (laughs) (laughs) We do this every night. It's crazy. It's still like, you know, puppy love. We've been on the phone for hours. This is crazy. How do you get phone service in there? One day while sitting inside the crypt, Carl heard noises coming from the coffin. He placed his ear to the coffin and heard Elena's voice. The voice said, quote, I want to go home with you. I want to be with you. Uh, Leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) (laughs) I'm dead. Leave me alone, please. Uh, Carl came up with a plan to remove Elena's body from her crypt. In the middle of the night, he snuck into the cemetery with a small wagon. He lifted the coffin out of the grave or out of the crypt. He had a hard time getting the heavy coffin over the high walls of the cemetery. And while he was doing this, the ground under his feet gave way, knocking him down and causing the coffin to fall on top of him. Fluids and liquids from the coffin dripped down all over him. Oh no. Soaking his clothes and pouring down the back of his neck. Corpse juice. He had corpse juice all over him. (laughs) (sighs) Mm, Corpse juice. He eventually got the coffin out of the cemetery and into a halfway house that he would he was uh, renting. 
Since there was no running water in the house, he bathed himself in whiskey. Oh, oh I mean, I do that every podcast, so it's good, <laughs> <laughs> it's good for you. <laughs> Finally, he does something medical. <laughs> <laughs> he then moved the coffin into his wingless airplane uh, with the help from a cabbie. Oh, my God. Elena's corpse was in horrid shape. Clothes had become putrefied. The corpse was covered in green, moldering slime. The eyes had rotted out of the skull, and there were maggots all over the body and head. Said Carl, quote, My very soul was tortured with her awful condition. I resolved that I would carry her out of this awful mess at once. She was my beloved's oh, bride. Shut up. My promise to take care of her was a sacred one. <laughs> Carl washed the corpse, and he lathered it with perfume and cologne. He covered it with layers of cotton. He reattached bones with uh. piano wire. He used splints to reshape her decrepit nose. <laughs> what kind of tool video is this? This <laughs> oh my god holy shit oh, <laughs> oh this is so bad <laughs> it's like he this never gets to a point where he's like okay uh, yeah i'm gonna stop right like this is too much he's like oh no i must figure out a way couldn't just worked on the airplane yeah <laughs> yeah oh so he purchased glass eyes from a medical mail order catalog he had gotten from the hospital and he fitted the glass eyes into her face he replaced the decomposing flesh with silk cloth soaked in wax and plaster of Paris. Oh. He also made a wig from the hair clippings that Elena's mom had given him. He stuffed rags in the corpse's abdominal and chest cavity. Carl had also bought clothes for Elena, including stockings, jewelry, gloves, and a gold crown. He was going to get that lingerie shit, My you know, God. he had it in his mind. <laughs> he wasn't going to let that go. There's there's literally no limit for this guy. He just keeps going. So just when I'm thinking it's one thing. He affixed the cord and pulley system on the plane's ceiling and tied it to her wrist to readjust oh her arm. God. He basically weakened at Bernie's her at this point. This is ridiculous. Uh, wrote Carl in his memoirs, quote, I assured her, darling, I love you more than ever before. If it were not so, I would not have taken care of you so much. Yeah. Then kissing her dry lips and breathing deeply into her lungs until her bosom rose, I unpacked her bridal gown and covered her body with it. Long I lay thus, holding her closely to me, united in love. I think Roger and I almost <laughs> threw up at the exact same time. <laughs> the dry lips just... <laughs> Oh, yep, exactly. Man. The dry lips. And this is all happening inside that plane, which is not air conditioned. No. <laughs> <laughs> not a great refrigeration system in there. <laughs> Don't worry, it it's... will preserve her. <sighs> What a house of horrors that is. Jeez. Dude, yeah. think about that Key West humidity. Yeah. Like, I mean, <laughs> I just, I my balls are sticking to my leg just thinking about it. <laughs> so to uh, keep from other hospital workers from getting suspicious, Carl had to constantly spray the airplane with perfume and disinfectants to mask the odor. Oh, my God. I forgot that shit was fucking right behind the hospital, too. Yeah. He would also spray disinfectant to keep uh, flies away. Oh, that'll work. <laughs> they usually don't come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Carl would gently place the body 
into the coffin and lay down next to it. Oh, probably like very decomposed at this point, you know, just bones and shriveled. Mm. <laughs> well, she was covered in wax and plaster of Paris. So Ugh. he wrote, quote, trembling this burning love. I sank gently into the coffin with her and kissed her as though we were alive. Words cannot express the heavenly bliss that we were experiencing. When morning came, my sweet bride was free from all outward signs of decay and from that odor. What? <laughs> Say again? Did, did, like, did like the fermentation or something finally like attack his brain and just lost all senses? I mean, Jesus... It was around this time that Carl's youngest daughter had died of a bacterial infection. She was like nine or ten years old. But he was so consumed with preserving and fixing Elena that he didn't bother to go to her funeral. A month later, the Marine Hospital switched commanders. The new commander in charge ordered Carl to remove his plane from hospital grounds. <laughs> <laughs> what did Carl have on the previous command? <laughs> Seriously, they, that guy just not give. Yeah, up. like didn't ever. No. Hey, there's a you know fucking fuselage out there. Been there for a long time. It's probably my non-doctor lives there. Yeah, sometimes. he kind of lives there. Like one of my doctors. <laughs> quote, quote finger quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so Carl had the plane towed and attached to a small shack on Rest Beach in Key West. The man who helped tow the plane through the streets of Key West was Elena's brother-in-law, who had no idea that Elena's corpse was inside the plane the whole time. The brother-in-law also helped Carl build a laboratory inside the shack, one with an incubator where Carl planned to keep Elena soaking in some kind of solution to help preserve the body. Carl lived in his Oceanside shack with Elena's corpse for two years. Oh. On Christmas, he took, he took a photo of Elena next to the tree. Oh, no. uh, he drank some wine, and then he sipped a mouthful, pressed, it to, pressed his lips to Elena's lips, and slowly poured wine down her throat from his mouth. Ugh. Like a mama bird. Ugh. That year, Rust Beach was under restoration, which meant Carl was forced to move Elena and his plane from the area. He and the corpse moved to Flagler Street with the plane. Oh, right downtown. <laughs> it was also during this time that uh, he was laid off from the hospital due to budget cuts. But he was okay with it because this meant he could spend more time with Elena. The incubation tank no longer worked in the new shack, so he laid her on his bed. But because of this, her body began to dry out. Carl tried to apply silk cloth to preserve it as best he could. So apparently he kept her floating in some juice for to keep her preserved as more, more dead girl juice? Yeah, like formaldehyde or some shit. It's Hawaiian punch. But now it wasn't working, so he laid her in the bed, and now she's like becoming mummified over time. You need to stay moist so I can kiss you. <laughs> in 1940, locals began to grow suspicious of Carl, <laughs> mainly because he no longer visited the mausoleum and because he kept buying copious amounts of soaps, perfumes, wax, and disinfectants from the local grocer. But what really gave Carl away was being seen dancing with a life-size doll through his house window. Oh, my God. That's what did it, huh? <laughs> I just Only saw him dancing. Some la- Ten years. Last dance with um, Mary Jane. Exactly. <laughs> this led Elena's sister, Florinda, to start asking questions. She confronted Carl and told him to meet her at the crypt and demand he open it to show her Elena's body. He refused. Florinda tried several times, but he kept refusing. She threatened to call the cops. So then Carl wrote her a note, 
saying, All right, Florinda, I don't want you to go crazy. I will let you see Elena. Let's talk this over in peace and arrange it between ourselves. This is not a public affair. Carl invited Florinda to his house. When she arrived, Carl invited her to come see how beautiful Elena was dressed in her silk clothes and jewelry. Oh, my God. And how safe she was here in his home. He said Elena had been with him for the past seven years. He then pulled back a curtain, revealing Elena's waxen corpse laying on the bed. Ta-da! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Why? <laughs> Carl was arrested and charged with possession of a dead body and wantingly and maliciously destroying a grave and removing a body without authorization. He faced up to two years in prison and $500 in fines. He was 70 years old at the time of his arrest. Oh my god. Elena was taken to the funeral home and put on display. What? It was viewed by as many as 6,800 people. Right. I, full disclosure, I had to look it up, and I cheated. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm looking at the photo of it. It's, no. It's, it's insane, Siege. Oh, it's no. fucking nuts, man. God damn it's it. It's so disturbing. It's really disturbing. <sighs> now I have to look. Yeah, it's really bad. Thank God. Man, thank God I didn't eat anything today. It looks uh, a little like Liza Minnelli, but wax <laughs> version, like a bad wax version of Liza Minnelli. It's fucked up, man. Oh, my God. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what? This poor woman. This is so fucked. Wow. So that's what, it was look- that's what it looked like when it was put on display for the public. And it was viewed by as many as 6,800 people. Kids were let out of school early just so they can take turn viewing the body. <laughs> yeah, great field trip. <laughs> Jesus. Mom, will you sign this uh, permission slip for me to go see this sarcophagus? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to see the it's wax fun. lady. The body was then returned to the Key West Cemetery, where it was buried in an unmarked grave in a secret location. News of the Count and his corpse bride made international headlines, and Carl became a bit of a celebrity. He was portrayed by the Miami Herald as a devoted, if not a bit eccentric, husband and lover. Sure. Oh, sounds, <laughs> sounds perfect. <laughs> Fuck you, Miami Herald. <laughs> what is that all about? Women had found what Carl had done extremely romantic. Oh, no, they didn't. One woman wished Carl luck in his upcoming hearing, telling him she hoped he won his case and that he got his Elena back. A Miami man wrote Carl a poem and sent it to the Key West local paper for print. I read the poem. It's really long and boring, so I didn't I didn't bother to put it here but it's it's really long some dude just wrote a long ass poem <laughs> just fucking unloaded his heart yeah about carl it's it's yeah qs most prominent attorney offered to defend carl pro bono what and others sent carl money dude i know key west is like out there i <laughs> love key west because it's yeah, out yeah. there like but what the fuck Yo, uh, the airplane again. Yeah. Quotes. Uh, <laughs> it looks crazy. Like, dude, I can't. I what can't. he did with, like, what he turned it into is like would be a five hundred dollar a night Airbnb nowadays. Like, real. Oh my god. Like, yeah. Romantic sort of <laughs> kitschy getaway, but wow. Yeah. This, dude, I do not want any of this in my search history. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't want I don't want to be suggested <laughs> this guy or this place. You know, it's verbo that plane. <laughs> so the hearing itself became a must-watch event for everyone in Key West, drawing standing room only crowds. Florinda testified against Carl, sharing her thoughts on what she saw when she saw Elena's corpse inside Carl's house. Said Florinda, quote, Your Honor, it was the most grotesque thing I've ever seen in my life. 
Her hair yeah. was still on her head. She had glass eyes. Her legs were like sticks with stockings. It was a monster. It was horrible. What I saw will haunt me for the rest of my life. Why won't the doctors who examined Elena's body make their findings public? And by that, she was basically saying, I'm convinced this guy fucked my dead sister, and I don't know why the doctors aren't telling the public about this. Yeah. Carl testified on his own behalf, admitting everything he had done to the court. When he was done testifying, he asked if he could have Elena back now. <laughs> okay, so I'm done. Can I have her back? <laughs> this charade is over. <laughs> Where is my wife? <laughs> you know how fucked up this is? Like, I'm looking. I just typed in his name into Google. And, like, you know how they always give you that top suggestion yeah. that, like, kind of autofills it out? <laughs> They just they they didn't put anything except for German radiography. <laughs> <laughs> There's a little more than to it than that. Yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. I'm looking at the photo of the kids looking at the body. This shit's really just, the kids are like, what are we doing here? Uh, Carl was held on a thousand dollar bail and was psychiatrically examined. And found mentally competent to stand trial. They said he was not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but the case was eventually dropped by the state, and he was set free over the statute of limitations having expired. Carl was never told where Elena's final resting place was. <laughs> I shall fuck every grave <laughs> Until I find you, my love. <laughs> Only her family knew. And they weren't talking. Carl began receiving visitors all over the world and began charging people 25 cents to tour his and Elena's home and the plane. But Carl soon grew tired of all the attention and decided to return to Zephyr Hills to live with his sister. Wait, what? His sister came over too and ended up in Zephyr Hills. Yeah, I think she came with his family that he abandoned. I think she came first, from what I remember, oh and she told him like Flora's great, you should move down. Yeah. So she's been there the whole time. Um, the night before he left Key West, Carl snuck into Elena's old mausoleum and planted a homemade bomb inside the crypt. Jesus, this fucking guy. Yeah. He's like 70 what by now? Like stop. <laughs> stop it. He set he set the bomb to go off the next morning. And it did, blowing up the mausoleum. The blast could be heard across Key West. And Carl had already been gone by the time police visited his house. So he blew it all up. In 1944, Carl moved to Pasco County. He erected a small shrine for Elena inside his house placing the remains of her old coffin on a table and putting a death mask he had made of Elena on top of a life-sized effigy of her. Oh my God, he fucked that too. <laughs> <laughs> on July 3rd, 1952, Carl died in his home. He was 75. His badly decomposed body would not be discovered until a month later, laying on the floor next to Elena's shrine. So he was sort of <laughs> in the same situation as his wife. Um, years later... Also, wife? Do we have to say that? <laughs> what are we not doing? Not wife, yeah, wife. We're, we're perpetuating. <laughs> like, not really. This yeah, no, psychotic not fuck. <laughs> no! This poor woman You're who stopped him on. Fucking Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> he stole oh. her he stole her oh. body <laughs> okay <laughs> yes this is correct oh. um, years later two doctors who attended Elena's final autopsy were interviewed for a story about Carl and Elena and one of the doctors was named Dr. DePoo <laughs> and he's very like, strange Dr. Dr. DePoo Quite fetching. Well, <laughs> Dr. DePoo told the reporter, quote, 
I made the examination in the funeral home. The breasts really felt real. In the vaginal area, I found a tube wide enough to permit sexual intercourse. At the bottom of the tube, cotton. And in examination of the cotton, I found some no. sperm. Oh. Ew, oh, man. damn it. That's some fucking <sighs> jizzy cotton down there. <laughs> That's like... Oh, Dr. Depu. Uh, today, you can take several ghost tours in Key West and hear the story of Count Carl Tanzler von Kassel and his corpse bride. Yeah, no thanks. This one I'll be skipping. <laughs> I've, I've taken one of those tours, and it's very romanticized. It's really, really like... Oh, do they like, like the old it like it was like a love affair kind of Yeah, thing? like it was like so romantic that he just kept loving her after she was dead. <laughs> They don't talk no. about how he harassed her to fucking death, literally. Yeah, she's like, she literally called him your friend. <laughs> he tried to save you. Why don't you love him? Yeah. Wow. All right, that's oh. the that's that story. Uh. Uh. <laughs> uh, sources: the undying love, the true story of. A Passion That Defied Death by Ben Harrison. Ghosts of Key West by David L. Sloan. HBO Autopsy, Secrets of the Dead, The Strange Obsession of Dr. Carl von Kossel. Museumfacts.com, Carl Tanzler, The Man Who Loved a Corpse. (laughs) Um, Simple. Very direct. (laughs) The Man Who Loved a Corpse. And uh, yeah, those are your sources for this story. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> the Florida Man Murders is a five reason sports production, researched, written, and produced by Chris Joseph. Music by Roger Rimada. All source material can be found by visiting floridamanmurders.com. Thank you for listening. And remember, kids, only assholes murder. So, don't be an asshole.